0: first of all, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm glad we're, you invited us to be here, but more importantly, I, as we we're worshiping and stuff and sensing God, I felt like we we're going to be doing a sort of a a bit of a fireside chat type thing, like this is what we do at home. Like we're, when we have our house groups, we sit down and we just have conversation, and our conversation is going to be about deliverance. And so in your like our house group so we just invite you in as our family so normally we're serving teas and doing all types of stuff like that so today we're just having to be on the stage doing what we're doing but um i just kind of wanted to i mean really just have my wife just share about her experience with deliverance and hopefully it will bless you guys to be able to, to understand how important it is for the body of christ to be moving in the power of the holy spirit to set people free so,
1: Wiley, myself and Manny we lived in Cambridge for some time and worked amongst the homeless community where there was a lot of addictions and a lot of darkness and a lot of um, alcoholism and, and cultism and stuff so we, we was exposed to quite a lot of darkness quite often uh, sometimes we knew it was coming and sometimes it just caught us by surprise and so what I really wanted to share um, although I could tell you story after story of the amazing things that God has done and how powerful his presence is. I think before even that, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to to encourage you to be fearless in this ministry, not to be afraid. Um, I kept getting the word over and over, exposure. And um, so a few weeks ago, I'll share a little bit of background. A few weeks ago, um, I was just spending some time with the Lord, and uh, he took me to the Gospel of Mark. We all know that story of the... The poor man who was demonized and he was ostracized and he was cutting himself and outside of the city in the tombs cutting himself chained you know demonized man whose life just a wretched soul we all know that story um, but I want to take you on a bit of a journey of the other bit of the story because this is where we come into it this is where God is going to move in his people because I, I like to visualize when I read the word, I can, sometimes I can feel I'm there, I can hear the sounds. And, so I want to take you back before they arrived on the shore to, to meet this, this poor wretched man um, whose life was completely chained and bound. Um, they were ministering all the way across the Galilee on the complete other side. And I believe, I always I imagine, because Jesus is so compassionate, the father's so loving, that somewhere the Father went, hey. Someone across the sea is calling out for me, and you need to go. And so he got in this boat, and he took his disciples. Just imagine yourself in the boat. I mean, bless the disciples. They'd never seen such things as Jesus exposed them to. They'd never seen uh, a man um, do the miracles that that Jesus exposed them to. We're going to experience, and we are experiencing and have done, things that that, that have never been seen or we've never experienced before but we must be fearless and trusting that if God takes us into those places, then he has the power to do what's needed in those places through us. And I, I really feel like the Lord is saying, don't be fearful. I don't mean go around and look for trouble, you know, but don't be fearful. If God takes you somewhere, here with these poor disciples, they get in this boat with Jesus, he takes a nap, they are just going across, and it's a long bit of a journey from the east I think from south to the east side of the, 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 the Galilee there. So there's a long journey. And they're all used to being in boats. But Jesus decides he's going to take a nap. He's asleep. He's peaceful. And then they hit this storm. And they are fighting this storm. Now we all, I would say the storm was there to try and stop them from getting to the other side. That was the enemy trying to just not let this man who was on the other side get his victory. And... They're fighting the storm, and finally they say, Jesus, when you wake up, don't you realize we're about to die? And, of course, he does what, God, what Jesus does as the man of God. He just speaks to... He rebukes the storm, which tells me that was a demonic storm. Sometimes he would speak to the storm, but this one he rebuked. He rebuked the storm, and everything became peaceful, and they got to the other side. You know, and so go back to the, the tombs. There's this poor guy. You know, he's tormented. He's crying. He's cutting himself. He's totally rejected, unloved, unwanted. Um, But somewhere that night, before they crossed that sea, he had said, God help me, and God heard him. And so when Jesus landed on that shore, and that's a very, I looked at the, sort of the geography of that place, and one of the things about that place was it it wasn't a Jewish settlement. There were 10 cities there, and they were all Gentile cities. That's why there were lots of pigs and stuff. It was a Gentile area. So you've got these four disciples who were Jewish, who are going into their worst nightmare, really, because first of all, they're going over into the Gentiles' arena. They're going to go where the pigs are. All of these things are unclean for the Jewish people. They're going to go, and they're going to see a demonized man who lives in the tombs, and they're not supposed to be in any of those places. They're not supposed to be amongst the dead or anything. So Jesus has taken these men into their worst nightmare, really. All the things that they don't want to do. But he he exposes them to it because he wants to show them like he wants to show us that we have, what what he's given us is powerful enough for whatever situation he takes us into. So this guy falls at his feet in worship. He said he drops at Jesus' feet in worship. So this guy has been crying out to God and he sees Jesus arrive. Disciples, you notice in that story, they don't say a thing. The disciples are just standing there. They are totally observing, totally learning totally taken in whatever Jesus is doing with not a clue what to do in that situation. All they're thinking is, oh my goodness, we're on the Gentile side of the sea here. You know, we're among the pig farmers. You know, we're in the tombs. You know, we're doing all the things that a Jewish person would not want to do. And that's what happens sometimes. God will take you into places you don't want to go. He'll take you to places you're not comfortable with. He'll take you to places you feel a bit anxious about. And he does it purposely. Because in the midst of all that, he wanted to show them that he was not only Lord of the natural realm, which he'd already showed them in the boat. He showed them he was Lord of the natural realm. He's now going to show them he's Lord of the spiritual realm as well. You know, And this guy drops at his feet in worship. And then Jesus just begins to have this dialogue. You can read it for yourself. But what fascinates me and what's always fascinated me um, about the deliverance ministry is and i learned this very my sister will tell you i learned this from a very early um stage in my christian walk something quite demonic happened in my house with a member of our family and i watched the power of god go against that thing and i saw that thing cower under the presence of god and under the name of jesus and i hadn't been saved very long but i i saw the power of god work and i just want to encourage you as as believers as disciples of jesus to not run from exposure. Don't look for it, but don't run from it. If God puts you in a position that's over your head, you just have to trust that he's put you there because he wants to show you something. He wants to teach you something. He wants to build something in you. He wants to train you. You know, we're in training for reigning. We're going to rule and reign with Christ one day. And so we're on our, This is boot camp. This is where we learn mm. to be the people of God. Amen. You know, so this guy drops to his feet and he worships Jesus. And then the demons go into a panic... I mean, he had a lot of demons. He said a legion, 600, whatever that is. The the devil always tries to make himself look a lot bigger than he is. So he's really showing himself, I'm a lot of people. I can do a lot of things, you know. And Jesus, but what I like was they started negotiating with Jesus. And that really struck my spirit when I read the story. There was fear in the demonic realm because they saw the Lord come. They got fearful and they started negotiating because they know their time. There's coming a day when it's all over for them. There's coming a day when God, is, this story's going to end, and they are going to go to their, their eternal destination. So they know they've got a limited time, and they know, so they were saying to Jesus, have you come before the time? They were a bit worried that God had had a change of plan and decided to cut the journey short. So they were panicking and trying to negotiate with the Lord because they were in fear. You know, and that's one of the things the Lord showed me very early on when I became a new believer. In fact, I'll tell you a story, even before I became a believer, my sister Dawn Um, Was wonderfully saved, and she came to stay with me. Um, And it was her life actually that brought me to the Lord. It was that change in her life. But one night, and I shall never forget it. She stayed with me for a week, and one night I woke up, and there was this real dark and menacing figure at the end of my bed. And Dawn had been talking to me about the Lord and just really singing a lot. She sang a lot in the mirror, sang all day long about Jesus. So I didn't really, you know, know much. But this dark figure was in my bedroom, and it looked menacing. Very intimidating. And all I could think to say was, you better get out of here because my sister knows God. <laughs> That's all I could come up. And do you know, even that little bit of declaration, that thing left instantly. Abs- and I mean instantly. Mm. And I told her, I said to it, you know, my sister's in the next room, she knows God. And it went like that, you know. So that was even before I became a believer. And then Lord took me like he did the disciples, like he will you. You know, into this ministry that everybody would rather put in the back cupboard because nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to believe that people can be that tormented and that, that, that people can carry that I don't want to believe that people have to carry that around all the time and the church isn't willing to do anything about it. That's what I don't want to believe. I don't want to see people tormented. That that does that drives me abso- I, don't, I can't say crazy because that doesn't seem right. If I say people are tormented, it drives me crazy. But when I see people tormented of the enemy, there's this Holy rage, this holiness, the fire that comes out and says, no, no, because this poor man, nobody wanted him. Nobody loved him. He was nothing to anybody. He was, in fact, when he was set free, they were more worried about the pigs they lost than his, than his life being changed. That's how little they thought of this man. But here's these demons. They see the sun. They said, what are you coming to do, Jesus the son of the most high God, so they know who he is, and they are trembling in his presence, and they're going, how about, you know, how about you just let me do something else? And I see this in my mind when I'm thinking about it, because the enemy, one of the things the enemy always tries to do, and he did it a lot with us in this ministry, with the homeless ministry, we could tell you story after story, with a wacky, but he always tries to parade himself as bigger than he is. He's like a lion, he's like a lion but he isn't one. He parades about like a lion, but he isn't one. And so he'll make a big demonstration. He'll try to put you off by putting fear in you. Because the minute you begin to fear, then he's, he's got you. You know, he's got you, he's got you hooked, really. And so you have to learn that if God is exposing you to things that, are, that you don't like, unpleasant things, that do exist, these people, there are people around, there probably people just outside this door. You know, who are so tormented by. There may be even people sitting in here who the enemy's oppressing and, and tormenting, you know, and God does not want that for his people, nor does he want it for the people outside that door. He has come to set the captives free. He said that when he died on the cross and he rose again, he took those keys of hell, death, and the grave. He took all, and he openly exposed the enemy as a fraud. He's a fraud, he's a charlatan, he's a liar. And he's an he's a actor, because what he does, to put you off, he will, oh, he'll do all, we have seen the enemy perform all kinds of weird stuff to try and make us fearful. But what it does is it makes you even the more determined, you know, if you get the heart of God for that person, you get even the more determined to fight for them. Because, you know, the battle's already been won, Jesus has already won the victory, we have to learn to enforce that victory. And that's about identity. That's about knowing who Christ is in you, knowing what Jesus done on the cross, believing what the word says about who you are. And it's all about that identity. Once you have that identity, then you carry also the authority. God, ge- Jesus delegates that authority to you, and then he empowers you, you know. So we're on a win-win thing here, you know. And I think the greatest... The greatest thing the lord wants to say i don't know whether we'll share some testimonies i don't really like to give the enemy too much too much air time really because he is he's not really worth it but um what the greatest thing we have to do um is to trust the lord in the air and expose yourself to it if you're a bit nervous you know if you're a bit nervous of the deliverance ministry you don't understand it you find it a bit hard to 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 see you know, rather than run away and pretend it's not there because it is there, get around people who have, have grown in that ministry who are, and get around them. And like we do when we want to learn to pray. When I wanted to learn to pray, I got next to this little old lady in our church. Man, she was a prayer warrior. She prayed so hard her false teeth would come out. You know, she prayed hard. That woman prayed the heaven down and I wanted to learn to pray and so we sat next to her, didn't we Don? We sat next to her we went to her house because we wanted what she had now if you care about people at all and the lord does care about people and you care that people are demonized that they are being they're having night terrors that they are full of depression that they are full of anxiety they're suicidal you know they are taking drugs and all these things they're practicing the occult trying to find their way you know find a way out if you care at all then it is our duty as these disciples, like them disciples, to get on that boat with Jesus and start getting exposed to the things that we don't like. You know, we all, we had a situation once in a house group where um, somebody just suddenly began to manifest. We were singing and having a nice time and all of a sudden it's the presence of God, you see. Once the presence thickens, once his presence gets in a room, the darkness doesn't have nowhere to hide. It absolutely exposes because the presence of God exposes the darkness. And we were in this meeting, who knew? You know, having a nice little chat, chat, and singing. And all of a sudden, this thing took off, you know. And, uh, um, you know, we prayed and we did what we needed to do in that situation and to see that person free. And there were children there. And, I, and, and we just explained to children that this is another form of healing ministry of Jesus. This is another ministry of the Holy Spirit into a person's life. But the backlash we got for it, was like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that around people. We didn't do it, actually. We were having a cup of tea and having a sing-song. We didn't do anything. We just happened to be there. It's not like we've gone, oh, let's... So don't frighten yourself. But we got a lot of backlash for that because it was like naughty, naughty. But in that same house, there was a man in a wheelchair. And I said to the person that said this to us, that you shouldn't do stuff like that. And I thought, well, we didn't really do it. You know, it happened, and we had to do something about it. If it had been a different situation, if there had been a healing and that man had got out his wheelchair, we'd be having a totally different conversation today. Isn't it funny that we, we forget that Jesus said the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us to, to preach the gospel, to preach the poor, heal the sick, cast out demons, yeah. all of that stuff is part of the ministry of Christ through his church. And so I really feel like rather than sharing lots of stories, we probably could um, I really feel like the Lord just wants to encourage you to believe him for this ministry, to ask him. It's a brave thing, because it's not, it's not always hard. And it can be hard work, and it can be very long. It can be a long journey with somebody, because they don't always get free of it. Sometimes it can be layers and layers of things that God has to deal with in that person's life, You know? especially if they've been in the occult and stuff like that. Um, and it can be a hard thing to watch, you know what I mean? But it's a rescue mission. The deliverance ministry is all about rescue mission. Don't think of it as a fight because Jesus has already had the fight and he's already won the fight. He got the belt for that. He's already done it, you know. And so the fight has been won. Our job is to rescue those people with the power of God out of those situations that they find themselves in. And he that is in us, he that is in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, the same spirit, lives in us, so whatever Jesus did when he walked the earth, we are able to do, and even greater things, he said, in greater measure, you'll do all the more, because he's going back to the father, we get to stay longer, sometimes I don't want to stay longer, but anyway, so we get to stay longer and do more, you know, but please, please do not be intimidated by the enemy, because that is his primary goal, is to put fear in you, you know, when I first became a Christian, I used to go to Bible studies, I had a My ex-husband, my first husband, was a backslidden Christian. I became a Christian in our marriage. And I would drive down this very, very, very dark Warren Road from the church to my house to go to meetings. And in the winter, it was very dark, very lonely. Hardly any cars went down there. And you bet your life, every time I come from a meeting, that drive would be there's that intimidation, you know. So I'd put my worship box. And I go, take that devil, you ain't sitting in my car. But I had to learn that, you know, I had to learn that fear was not to be my first response. Faith was to be my first response, you know, and that is the journey that he wants to take all of us on. So I encourage you not to run. You know, I heard, I heard that God is teaching you this stuff, but don't run in the face of fear. Run to Jesus, allow him to show you. Go along with people who have walked it out a little bit and grow in that ministry because it's We're getting dark times. He said dark times are coming on the earth and gross darkness is coming on the people, you know. And so we are going to be exposed, whether we like it or not, to some pretty gross darkness that's out there. But we have the answer. We carry within us the answer, the answer to that situation. We are the only ones, really, that carry the answer to that situation that people are going to fight. It's like that demoniac. You know, people are going to come to you, whether you like it or not. People are going to get drawn to your light. If you say you love Jesus and you want to be with him and you want to love him and you want to walk with him, you bet your life you're going to walk on a bus and someone's going to manifest. We used to have it happen in weird places. We'd be serving food and someone would manifest because they can't, the demons can't stay hidden. When the light comes, when the glory of God hits a place, when his presence comes, those demons cannot hide. They are totally Undone, totally messed up. Like these ones, they, they're negotiating, you know? And the poor people that are carrying this demonic oppression or whatever within them, they don't even know it's happening half the time. They don't even realize that's what's going on inside of them. But you do, because you have the light in you. So I really only wanted to say, I don't know whether the Lord wants to share any stories, but I really felt like the Lord said exposure. Amen. Allow the Lord, who is the sovereign over the natural realm, and sovereign also over the spiritual realm to take you on a journey of faith in a, in a ministry that is pretty much, along with prayer, a hidden ministry, a Cinderella of the church. Because mm. I haven't been in very many churches where people are prayed for for deliverance, or people can even feel comfortable coming up and saying, I think I'm being tormented by this, you know, because we just don't like to see it. You know, and I have actually, we had a family member who's very demonized. She practiced a lot of the occult. And taking her to church one time, I had to literally sit on her. I had to sit on her to keep her in a chair because she was manifesting so much and nobody wanted to notice. It was like, everybody looked somewhere else. Everybody look somewhere else because we're in the middle of doing something. And here's this person tormented by the enemy who can barely sit on a chair. You know what I mean? So tormented, and she was tormented now. She still is, you know, and it was get on with the business at hand because that's a bit messy. That's a bit messy. Well, I think it's time for the church to be messy church. And I don't mean the children playing with paint. I think it's time for the church to get messy because it's a messy world, but the gospel has the power to change that mess into a message. And we have watched it time and time again that God can take these lives and transform them and completely set them free. You know. So that's all I feel like I needed to share.
0: Thank you. Yeah, you know, I don't think I have too much to add to that because I feel like she's really nailed it. But what I will say to you guys is this, and I will say this to the whole body of Christ, anybody that's listening online. God is raising up an army, okay? In this hour, He's raising up the army. We've had a season where we were doing the family of God. We were learning about the heart of God. We were loving about the love of God. We were doing missional, practical Christianity, and we will continue to do those things. But now the army of God is rising up. The bride company is rising up. Those that will go do the works of the kingdom. That, and that includes in deliverance. You have to be ready for when God does these things in your midst. We're not only just talking about personal one-on-one deliverance, but we're also including spiritual warfare in that, where you're going to have to pray for your nation. You're going to have to pray for your communities. You're going to have to pray for your loved ones and expect God to really move on that. You're going to have to be ready. Matter of fact, it's interesting, because last night we had a word from the Lord when we were praying. We were really praying just in general, just hearing what God was saying. And one of the words the Lord gave us last night was allow the Holy Spirit to steer the ship. See, when he steers the ship, all everything kicks off. And that's what I want. I want to, not just I, but many people here in the UK want to see God move in the nations. And you've got to include the spiritual warfare aspect of it. Healing and deliverance goes together. You're going to see that increase here. And I actually going to see, I think we're going to see it across the UK, but we have to be brave enough to do it. We got to have courage to do it. We have to have faith to do it. You know, God is looking for that right now. Not just, not only do we need to be having our eyes focused on Jesus and have that radical love for him, our first love that starts there. But from that outflow, we're going to see a mighty move of God. That's going to include all those things, the angelic realm moving. We're going to see angels coming. They're going to be partnering with us to do the deliverance and the healing. You know, when we were praying, I saw the cloud of witness. I saw Jesus sitting next to Ezekiel in my vision. This place here is a forerunner church. You just have got to get ready. It's already begun. You just don't know it yet. It's already begun here. We're, God is going to do something powerful here. And then it's going to be an outpouring. But you got you to you want it. You got to say, God, I want it. I'm in. I'm in. And if you would do that, then God will move. Everywhere you put your feet at, God will give it to you. We're the Joshua generation now. I know we've said those words many, many times. But you know what the good thing about the Joshua generation is? They stand and they fight. They rise up. And they said, Lord, I'm ready to take the nation back for you. He is shaking the nations. And the, the part of that is going to be deliverance. We are, you are going to see that. And it's nothing to fear. The devil is defeated. We carry the light. Even if there's gross darkness in the world, we carry the light of the gospel of the kingdom. You just got to make yourself available for this time. And he's enlisting all of us. To whosoevers. He's taken the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. No one in here is superstars. We don't need to be anymore. The error of looking at superstars help us. That that stuff is over. It's you. You, you, you. You've been picked just like we've been picked. God is ready. Jesus is ready. And he loves us and he says, come on, let's do it. We're going to do this together. The Holy Spirit is shaking the nations, so we got to get ready. He's already gone ahead of us. God the Father's already gone ahead of us. He's already already defeated the enemy. That's what's happening. That's why the nations are shaking. That's why all this corruption is up. That's why we're seeing this great awakening. We're already in the move of God. You just got to step in and participate. You don't need us to come here and tell you what you've already been given by the Lord. You just got to go and do it. If you do it, more people will come. Like Linda said, you just got to get around people that want to live that culture, that kingdom life, that radical life, that don't love their lives unto death. They want to lay it down for our king. They want him to get his reward. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not, not, he's going to do it. He wants us laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. He wants us to lay hands on the sick and get them delivered. We speak a word and it happens. Sometimes you get on the phone and call someone who's sick. That word, that power, you can do that. It's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory is in you. Man, praise God. I'm so excited. I know revival's going to here. I'm just, I'm, I'm partnering with you. That's what it is. I'm partnering with Jesus already told you. You don't need me to tell you he's already told you. You know it's coming. I'm just endorsing it. Amen? I'm just coming around and saying, amen, amen, Lord. Go, 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 Lord church, go. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. It's revivals here. Hallelujah. Rejoice because the Lord is victorious. Hallelujah. They're coming. Listen, they're coming. Oh, I can't wait for the students to come here. I can't wait for the local people to come in the community. What about the rich people that try to act like God ain't gonna touch them? We're coming after you too. Jesus is coming after you too. <laughs> Just because you got money doesn't mean God can't touch you. Humble yourselves in the mighty hand in God and you will move in the mist. Your daughters need to be free. Your sons need to be free. God has no respecter of persons. None. Imagine us praying in this city, in this nation, for levels of corruption to be exposed. And then we go into those areas, bringing the gospel of the kingdom. You know, for a long time, the church has been put in the box. We have to operate in these parameters. All we can do is food bank stuff. All we can do is pass. Don't get me wrong. That stuff is good if it's in the spirit. But man, Once some of you guys start becoming lawyers and speaking God's word in there, some of you go into the medical community and declare the word of the Lord there, the possibilities are unlimited. You just got to believe. Some of you ain't going to be inside the church. A lot of you are going to be outside the church shaping culture. Don't let culture shape you. Make new songs that can motivate the masses. Don't limit yourself. God told us to disciple the nations, not just see people get saved, even though we want to see that. But it starts here in your local community, it starts here in your local homes. It starts with each of us. If we step into the army of the Lord, why it's rising, when it's marching, on the marberry trees, the angel of the Lord is marching. The armies are coming. Oh, I can hear the sound of the marching of the army of the Lord. And the great deliverer has gone ahead of us. Family, all we got to do is just participate. It's ours. Get people, get people in media. We need more Christians in media making an impact for our nation. You know, we're in, I believe the great awakening is exposing this in this hour, that it's actually probably going to be even more easier for us to reach people, because people are desperate for answers, and we have the answers in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He know. God wasn't caught off guard with COVID. they ain't like, oh yeah, by the way, oh yeah, COVID, what happened? Surprise! No, he wasn't. He knew. But he's also revealing to us what's going on, and we've got to be ready for these things, and so I just feel, I, you know, I had notes and you know what, that's why you got to let the Holy Spirit do it because it just, I haven't even, I didn't even look, look, looked at my notes to be honest. I will say this though, a good scripture to just always meditate on for us is in Ephesians chapter six where it talks about putting on the helmet of salvation, the full armor of God. You're going to need to put on the full armor of God this hour because guess what? The army's marching, and you're, you're going to be in part of. You're going to participate. It's ready. God is with us, just like Joshua. He told Joshua to go into the land. Even though they had to fight their battles, God said, "I've gone ahead of you." You know, the first sometimes the first place you got to go to is Gilgal, and let God deal with that hard issue. Once that's done, move out. Go, go, go. So I'm encouraging you. and blessing you. Go. Um, I think. Well, I don't,
1: this is one of my pet peeves, really. You know, when cancer came on the scene, scared everybody, and everybody called it the big C. When COVID came on the scene, everybody the big C, and I know someone who is the bigger C. His name is Christ. There's a bigger C. There is a name that's above every other name, every disease, every demonic oppression. We know and we carry within us the one who has that name that is above anything there is no only one big c and that's christ and i and one of the things the lord showed me a long time ago is what you speak what you declare you know um sometimes uh, we can say things that give the enemy uh, information he doesn't need sometimes we give him too much information you know we need to stop saying so many things, you know, oh I've had a terrible day and oh it's, it's, I had a nightmare and we just say this. It's okay to say it to somebody get some prayer. Mm. But we make these statements, you know, that um, that we're creeped out by and, and stuff like that. And we give it's that power of agreement. We start agreeing with him that he's actually got a hold on our lives. And the Lord keeps saying to me, you know, you need to declare when he speaks, you need to declare what I say to that situation. I had a bad night. I don't know, I don't know. have nightmares, but uh, thank God. But I've had them in the past, but I don't have them. Um, people have night terrors. I have a friend that has night terrors. You know, and we need to stand up and say, devil, you have no authority. You have no right to terrorize me by day or night. You, you have no authority in my life. And we need to get, we need to get uh, bold. I want to say mad, because I get mad. We need to get, when I see the enemy moving, there's something happens to me. I turn into this frenzied person. I'm like, get out, she get out good. of him. Get really out. You know, I get really crazy. She's I just, girl. you know, I always laugh because my <laughs> sister, whenever we go out, and I'm bringing her into a lot because she's had a lot to do with my walk. When we go out and, and she sees someone who's, you know, hurt or crippled or lost an arm or leg, she goes, oh, Lord. She goes, I know you've got all embodied parts in heaven, Lord. Can you send one to that? So she gets all like tender and I look at them and I and I feel compassion, but when I see someone who's demonized, there's this something. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but there's this righteous indignation that comes up inside me because I can make it to heaven without my leg, but I can't make it to heaven without my mind on Christ. I can't make it if I'm tormented and You know, I can't get to the king if the enemy's always tormenting me and holding me in chains and, you know, screwing with my head and, you know, making me think negative thoughts and making me fearful. I can't get to Christ. I might be able to hobble to Christ with one leg, praise God, but I can't get there if I'm tormented. That's how I look at it. I know it's probably not a theology. However, that's what goes on in my heart. I see some, the worst thing I can see is a person sitting on a bench talking to themselves, you know, like. Oh, getting mad at themselves that drives me crazy I'm like Lord let's go get that demon off that man or that woman you know they are just the enemies just took them and tore them up you know and left them to die you know and, and that really moves my heart you know, I don't know if everybody feels that way but and I look at that that I have an obligation you know I have an obligation as a child of God to go on that rescue mission to be a part of that rescue mission. Even if I don't play the vital part of doing something, but at least to be a part of it. Even if I'm standing back and praying, you know, and interceding for that person while someone's ministering to them. You know, when we would go on the street, this has amazes me, because Wiley would go on the street and he'd talk to everybody. And I'm really quiet. As you saw, when it said go around and talk to people, I'm like, Sit still, I'm, really, I'm a really shy person. Um, when we go on the street, Wiley's talking to everybody. And he gets to all, do all the fun stuff. He used to get all the fun stuff. He gets to lead people to the Lord and give them words and knowledge. I get stuck with the, the friend who's all demonized, you know, who's talking. I mean, they talk to each other in demonic. Mm. I get stuck with it's the crazy boring. person who's all messed up in their head. And I'm like holding them hostage, like holding the enemy from stopping God ministering to the one whose heart is trying to get to the Lord. And so I, got, I get left with that job. And I used to think hey a minute, Lord, how come I always get that funny person who's you know like manifesting on the floor you know and I've got to talk to him and talk to him about the Lord and while he's over there just taking him on this journey of God it's really nice and, and I got the crazy one you know I went to church with my friend we went out we went out to just I don't know what we went to do anyway we're walking around and we went in the churchyard and there's two homeless people there that we know and love and so they wanted to go in the church and pray so i thought that's a good thing isn't it you know you want to go in the church and pray so i took the one and my friend took the other well the one i took decided that he wanted to go right into the sanctuary where the old old ladies were praying with their little candles and he wanted to go and stand and put his arms out and begin to manifest and say all oh, this demonic. and these ladies shot off and i'm thinking lord why do you always make it's like well, that Why is it always me? My friend is out there just leading them to the Lord, talking about Jesus nicely in the quiet in the back. I have got this person just going, oh, I am the archangel of Lucifer. And and I said, Lord, because you know in my heart that I feel obligated by the Lord to do something. Because you know in my heart I can't bear to watch that happen to a human soul. You know, and so we need to get like that. Jesus was moved with compassion, not just for the sick. He is moved for the sick. Not just for them, but for the demonized. It was compassion that took him from the south side of the Galilee, through the storm, with his unbelieving little crew, who <laughs> didn't really have a lot of faith, to the other side because he heard that poor, wretched man crying out, God, God. God, come help me. Somebody come help me. And he was crying that because when Jesus come, he ran and worshipped. So he was crying something that moved the heart of Jesus to go across. And the enemy didn't want it. Create a storm. Oh, you bet your life. When you start moving in the area of deliverance, when you start saying, Lord, actually, I really want to be part of that. I really want to be part of watching God set people free from these demons. I really Want to be part of that. Oh, you bet your life the enemy will kick a stink up. But, you know, like I said, greater is he that's in us. I'm tired of the enemy kicking a stink. Sometimes he just spits his dummy because he thinks if he does that, he'll go away. So you need to stay. Let him spit his dummy. Let him parade himself around. Don't be intimidated by the enemy. He's a defeated foe. He's a liar. He is nothing what he claims to be. He has no business in the house of God. He has no business in the life of a Christian. He has no authority there. And you need to tell him you need he's a he's a squatter. Get out of my mind. Get out of my life. Get out of my emotions. Get out of my family. You know, we need to evict him because he's been there far too long. He's been too far, long in the church. You know, I've watched people manifest in church and, and people don't want it. And these poor people leave the church as tormented as the day they come in. And I am tired of it. And Jesus is tired of it. And it's time for the church to be the church. Be the full gospel. Be courageous. Say, Lord, I want to lay hands on the demonized and see them set free. It's a courageous prayer. But we need to pray it. We need to do it. I really believe that. So,
0: If we have so many testimonies we could share about what God did an um, area of deliverance when it comes to being thrown out sometimes you just gotta be pushed out the boat to do it and, and literally put into a situation uh, I will share one testimony because it was a bizarre thing um, anyway we had this young man stay with us um, I won't say its name just not so I won't embarrass him <laughs> anyway, uh, so he'd been staying with us, and he was living. We were living in Cambridge at the time. When we, this young man was living on the streets and been in and out of prison, and he wasn't doing really good health wise. And we decided to let him stay in our house for a couple months. And one night, I, was, I think I was actually out at a house, and Linda had called me to come home because uh, she said this young man was not doing very well. He was really bent over, and he was just felt like something was going on with him and stuff looked like he was going to be sick. And we had some friends over at that time with our son. So Manny was a little boy then. He was probably about one and a half, two years old. And uh, I came back home, and, you know, my wife was just telling me that, you know, we need to really minister to this guy because he's not doing well. And so I come back, and I thought he was might have had too much to drink and he was having an episode or something like that. Um, and we went in, and I thank God how God organized. This is great how God does it. So that particular night, we had a group of friends in our front room that were watching Manny at that time, playing with Manny. And me and Linda had to go into another room. We had this guy living in the, basically our living room. We didn't live in a big house, in our dining room. We didn't have a big house at the time. And so we went in there, we just decided to pray for him. And once we laid our hands on him just to pray, we were praying for healing, all of a sudden this demon just manifested in the house and completely called us off guard. And we the guy just started going off going on the floor and babes, hop in if I add more to it. But we as we were praying for that thing, this demon just started swearing, cussing at my wife, saying all types of stuff. It was like watching the exodus movie. You know, it's real time. This is real time though. Moving, moving all the furniture. Yeah. Yeah. We
1: were like, when we realized, we? we were yeah. like, oh, let's move this out. <laughs> He yeah. kick off.
0: You know? He was kicking off. Yeah, and, and just enemy the him. enemy was in him. And so he was slithering all over the floor like a snake and everything like that. And we probably labored praying over him. And we just started, the Holy Spirit really started coming into the room. And see, the demon recognized the Holy Spirit and started getting fearful. And see, I'd never seen that before where it got fearful and started going back. But because Linda had already had real authority in a deliverance, it, the demon recognized the authority on her. And I was the new kid on the block. And so I was really learning how to partner with that. And as we're going on, I had never really been around that before. And to be honest with you, I was a little bit fearful because, I mean, this thing was really kicking off. And so I watched. We kept praying for it. And then all of a sudden, as we're praying for it, watching the Holy Spirit going in, the demon would call out a Hebrew language. Knowing it was the Holy Spirit, and think all of a sudden the guy would pop in and out of his memory. He'd be like, What's going on with me? And all of a sudden the demon would come back on and just We've, we have to fight with this thing. So that lasted for about two hours. And all of a sudden the, 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 the air had lifted. He, the guy came back to his senses, like the Gadarene a little bit. And then we'd go outside, and Linda went into the kitchen, and I went outside with him. Took you outside. He took me outside.
1: He I told you outside. He said, and I thought, mm, I'm just gonna sit in the kitchen, and look out the window here, because that's
0: a tactic. Yeah, so I felt like that was a tactic. Yeah, you told me, you told me to watch. You said to watch yourself, because that's a tactic. That's what she told me, right? So I go out there, and so I'm out there with him, and he, he then he says, "Oh, I got you alone now." You know, she, yeah. She came out. She came out with me. I said, "I got y'all alone." And as we started confronting him, all of a sudden I started laughing in the spirit, right? I just started giggling. Yeah, I laugh over my enemies. And the next thing I know, the the power of that laughter hit the deep, boom. And he, he went straight on the floor. He just... Collapse! I was shocked. I'd never seen nothing like that. I was like, what in the world is this? I'd never, never seen anything like it. So I'm like, what is going on here? And so the guy comes up, he, he wakes up. What's going on? What's going on? What am I doing out here? And we had a pet rabbit named George hopping around, right? And he starts hopping around the guy. And I was worried that George was going to poop on him. That's why I was worried. because It he was, he was in the garden, right? He liked her, the, right. yeah. So the, anyway, I, the the point of it is, is that I watch God do something powerful for the first time, and that's going to be people's experiences. that have never been around a demonic. You just learn things. It's almost like on-the-job training. And anyway, it was a continuation of that deliverance. So that deliverance, he didn't get free completely. I'm afraid he didn't get free, but we learned a lot from that time, and it lasted a couple of days. And what really stuck out to me, and it just brings home the point about love and compassion. So this guy, this time, he had his girlfriend over, and he was in our kitchen, and all of a sudden just manifested, just out of nowhere. It was like in the middle of the day. And all of a sudden, because he was an ex-boxer, he was also part of the the British Army, and so he was struggling with trauma. Anyway, he goes up to try to hit me, because he was a boxer. And as he went to put, try to put his hand on me, he had to stop. He was like, how can I hit you? Why can't I hit you? And the love of God was over me. And I knew the shield of the Lord was around me. And I knew if that guy put his hands on me, his hands would start to burn. He couldn't touch me. I knew that. But that's not what I'm sounding tough now. But my posture was like, I love you. Like I started crying for him. My heart broke because I wanted him to be free. I was we were saying, come on, you, God wants you free. And that's that compassion of the Lord that comes out. The more you step into love and compassion of God, the more you'll see power from God to come forth for deliverance. It's all about the love of God. It's all about that compassion. It's all about compassion. It's not necessarily about the fight, even though I did like the fight at the time because it encouraged my thing. It encouraged my faith. I was like, man, I could, we, we can could get you. But it was about it was about the love of God. It was that compassion. And that taught me everything. And I think people will learn like that on the job training. And that's okay. If you're in that situation, just trust God to lead you in that situation. And he'll bring you through. I mean I you know, that's just one of we had a few yeah, that, guy, although,
1: um, that guy had multiple Demonic things going on. him. he had a spirit of murder on him. That he'd, yeah. he'd killed a guy. He was in the army. And he'd shot a guy his own age. He was in um, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Ireland yeah. Yeah. And uh, he carried that trauma. You know the enemy. He rides on trauma. He makes his habitation. And stuff like that. And um, But I wanted to encourage you. Because although we didn't. We felt like we waged a war with the first opposition in his life, which was he wouldn't receive anything from God. But after that, he would. He ended up going back to prison and finishing a sentence. And I wrote to him in prison, and he knew that God had started a work in him. We didn't get to see the final victory. I don't even know where he is now. Um, but we know that God pulled a layer back so that he could even consider that God was even real. Because he was very venomous, wasn't he? That
0: yeah, matter of fact, he's just something to say. As well, we, you got to be open for what God wants you to do in your life. you got to be open for anything. Anything can happen. That particular guy, what we didn't know, God allowed him to come in our house. What God didn't share to, care to share with us, that he was on a run from the police because he had escaped prison, and he was on a run. So we had been living with this guy for a couple months. You would have thought it would have been nice that the Lord would have shared that with his children.
1: But he wanted something. to minister to the you guy. Know, I, I,
0: I, <laughs> it would have it been nice, right? But, but God... First of all, God already had it under control, so He knew what He was doing. But you have to be open. You have to be ready for whatever God brings in
1: your way. And know that, and know that you know that you know that if God's put you in that situation, He's gonna, He's gonna bring a victory. You know, and there were lots of things in that one guy's life that happened that showed us that even if it was tough, and it was a, you know, there were times it was really tough. but every single time even with Manny, because people used to say to us, How we ended up living with homeless community for four years in a shared home. We would have three homeless people living with us and Manny was there. And he'd say, How can you put Manny around all that darkness and stuff? And I'd say, You know what? God called us to this ministry before he was born. Yeah. He's part of what God's doing and we have to trust him. That day when that guy manifested like he did, for some weird reason, all my friends appeared that morning yeah. and they wanted to stay at my house. I had we had three people just hanging around the house all day. They just decided they wanted to come to my house. But by the afternoon when that kicked off, we had people there to take care of him. And he was totally oblivious. Mm-hmm. They just was looking after him. God knew. And God didn't let us know this guy was on the run from prison. He didn't let us know that for two months mm-hmm. because he wanted to speak into that guy's life and show him. And that guy did get really touched by God, didn't he? Many, many times. And I really still believe that I will see him in glory. Because we may have been just the first battalion. You're not always the last. You're not always the one that gets to see. Yeah. But you may be the first battalion come in to fight that fight for that person's life, you know. And I believe that's what it was with him, you know. And there were amazing, just amazing things, you know, that we have seen the Lord do. And, yeah, so I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I think we'll... I think we'll leave it at that just to sort of whet your appetite because you've already started anyway. You've already seen deliverance and stuff. So,
1: but yeah. I think.
0: No, we don't need to say that. No, I think we
1: said enough. But I, did get, I did get a word, and I don't usually I don't get all this sort of words. Sorry. <laughs> I, we, this is I got a word that someone does suffer with nightmares or terrors or fear at night of the dark, or there's a fear in the person of being. Um, Alone in a house? I mean, lots of people get a bit nervous about stuff like that, but I'm talking about this as something that plagues them. They're always frightened when they're on their own, or fr- when they go to sleep, they get... I don't know if there's anybody here, or maybe someone listening online, but the Lord wants to tell you that no terror by night can harm you, nor by day, because the Lord has gone before us. He has... He has Um, given us the authority to tread on serpents and snakes and nothing shall by any means harm us he has given us authority to stand against the wiles of the enemy he's given us discernment to know his devices so that where we've let him in you know what is it what we're watching is it something we've read is it something we've done have we made a way for the enemy to come and do this because he can only come in he can only get access unlawfully you know and so he's always looking for a way in but whoever that is that suffers with fear or night tremors or um, fear of the dark you know fear of being on their own you know gets really nervous and i'm not talking about just scared but i'm talking about you know everybody i mean i walk through a if i walk through a churchyard at night by myself i might get a bit you know a bit like that for a minute but in fact when i was a child i used to do it on purpose so i wouldn't get like that it was a bit weird i know but anyway you know but everybody gets a little bit funny back but i'm talking about someone who's tormented like this a lot so if it's somebody online or someone who's hearing this, we do the Lord set you free from that fear. Because perfect love, and God does love us perfectly, casts out all fear. You know? And there is no torment in the love of God. There's no torment. There's no residual things. It's, it's God loves us perfectly. And that perfect love, if we can embrace that perfect love and walk in it, we will, that fear will go. You know? yeah. That fear will go.
0: Yeah, also fear of people's opinions. Fear what people are going to say about you if you do things for the kingdom. Sometimes we have fear what people think about us, and we bury who we are in Christ, you know, because we're worried about what people are going to say. You know, it, it happens. We all, there's, there's always a barrier we have to break through. Fear of men is, or women is definitely that. That's a big one. So I, we'd love to minister to you guys and just pray if you guys want to pray over the area of fear, because fear... The word of the Lord, actually, the word of the Lord that I got this morning in my prayer time was that we need to have faith. We need to have courage. We need to have boldness in this hour and don't allow fear to stop us. The more we step out in faith with faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love, but we need faith. And we need to be bold and courageous, and God will be with us. Wow. Should we give them a hand for what they've shared? Come on.